As the saying goes, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. Well, this down-on-his-luck bartender took male entertainers and made strippers. Okay, as you obviously can tell from that lovely cold open, it's date night, guys. Date night. woo Yes. This week, it was Cassidy's turn to pick because I picked Knock at a Cabin. And Cassidy, what did you pick? Magic Mike. Mike's Last Dance. Yes. I he, Heading into this, I had not seen a single Magic Mike movie. So Cassidy made me watch all three of them this weekend. I, I had to get, I guess, the lay of the land heading into the third one. <laughs> and I'm not sure how necessary that was, I guess. This movie doesn't rely too heavily on the on the first ones, I don't think. But I mean, there but, are characters that you need, it helps to know. But I think, we'll get into it later about my thoughts on that, but I think this movie does a pretty good job of standing out on its own. But yes, we're doing Magic Mike's Last Dance, starring what, Channing Tatum and Selma Hayek? Yes. Yeah, the ever-charming the ever Channing Tatum. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. He so. may be older, but man, he's still fine. Yes. Yeah, he's fine. That's for sure. So before we get into anything, I just want to break down how this goes. We're going to do the trailer game where we're going to talk about what the trailers were that we saw, just our thoughts, and then we're going to get out of here and give our ratings and MVP. This is not based on a book, so no need to talk about any comparisons at the end. We're just going to go straight from our thoughts to the ratings. So it'll be probably a quicker episode than the last one, I think, right? Yeah, probably. Okay. So without further ado, let's go ahead and listen to the trailer, and then let's do the trailer game. Do you like bartending? It's not really what I do. What is it that you really do? But then you came along and gave me this unexpected, magical moment that made me remember who I really was. Okay, so in this section, we came up with a game. Cassidy actually came up with this game where I tell her remind her of the trailers that we saw during the move before the movie and then she gives me a skip or watch now there were actually fewer trailers this time i think right like there was only like six seven trailers in total and it only was like 20 minutes instead of 30 which was nice yeah i'm not totally totally sure and also some of the trailers that we saw were ones that we had talked about on the last date night podcast yes, yes. so obviously we're not gonna go over those again Good so point. i think we only have like what five four we have four four only four new trailers which is the last time we went it was like 10 right? yeah. it was like ten. and i think this time there are only three trailers after that that we had already seen that were mm-hmm. in there so i do want to talk real quick about the women in front of us <laughs> watching the trailers <laughs> um do you want to describe what happened well they were showing um the evil, evil dead, dead rise, rise trailer yes. and which if you haven't seen just real quick i'm sorry to cut in here but if you haven't seen it definitely check that trailer out it has like Every classic spook, you know, someone coming out of the bathtub, like, slowly raising their head. She's rising out of the water. And then the one where she's crawling on the crawling walls. Crawling on the walls. It's oh, very creepy. That always so, gets me. The floor is yours again. Tell them the story. So, Evil Ri- or Evil Dead Rise trailer is playing. And you could tell these women in front of us were not scary movie watchers. Definitely not. The Magic Mike audience is definitely, like, the target audience there 
might not love horror movies. You know what no. I mean? And you can tell these ladies in front of us did not. They were covering their eyes, <laughs> going, oh, 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 my God. Literally, at one like... point, the woman <laughs> directly in front of me, like, jumped so hard back in her chair, I thought it was going to snap. She's like, she went, whoa, and jumped back. And I was like, yo, this woman, okay. And then, no joke. I'm sorry I keep cutting in here, but no joke, this woman, to her right, the person she was with, leaned over and was showing her a meme on her phone, but it was a meme of Jesus. And I was like, what's, I would love to know, like, what the vibe is here with them. Are they, like, only here, like, what, why are you here if you're, like, showing Jesus memes with each other and you're scared of, like, the trailers? <laughs> like, why are you here? Obviously, we know why. You're not here to, like, watch a good movie. You're here to watch abs and ass, but still, like... I would have liked to talk to the people that were there to get like, yeah, to just be like, why are you here? I just wanted to see how honest these, these people would be. Cause it's, you're not there to see like a crazy heavy plot. You know what I mean? No, it's exactly. the same reason people go watch Fifty Shades of Grey. It's... Exactly. But I want to see how many of them would have been honest about that. And we had the theater alone for we thought at least we were, 10 We thought minutes. we were going to be alone and we were like, got to go wild for this movie and yeah. like. Do all the cat calling mm-hmm. and have just a grand old time, but we were ready. People showed up because we we bought the tickets online and it actually shows you the chart of where all the seats are. We were the only people mm-hmm. on the chart for two full days. Yep. Even right up to the event, we were the only yep. people on the chart. So then people bought the tickets there, obviously. Mm-hmm. And happy to report, I wasn't the only man there. No. Nope. There were two other guys, and I was like, "Hey, welcome to the club, brother. Y'all got dragged <laughs> here too." So we're way off track. So let's get back onto the the trailer game. I'm going to read the trailer. Mm-hmm. She's going to say watch or skip. Now, if you need a refresher course, just let me know. The first trailer we got was Love Again, starring Outlander's... I can't remember his fucking name, but the guy from Outlander. Jamie from Outlander. Jamie and from I Outlander. I wouldn't say it's starring him. It's starring Priyanka Chopra Jonas. Oh, that's who it was. I was trying to figure out. I couldn't remember her name. Yes. And yes. and Jonas, her husband. Yes. Yeah, so th- this one, I right off the back. It's a watch for me. Yes, yes. Nick Jonas is in it, and it's like, you, like just from the trailer, you see that Priyanka goes on a date with Nick, and <laughs> it just like is like the worst, most awkward date ever, and mm-hmm. it's so funny because like it must have been so fun for them to shoot that. Oh, for sure. Um, but I would but definitely I mean, watch. I would say this definitely stars both of them. Like they're both equal, equal part stars because she's <laughs> like texting her dead boyfriend, and he has the dead boyfriend's number, so they're mm-hmm. equally, equally attached. I just could not remember her name for the life of me. Or what she was famous from. Why is she is she an actor like before this? I don't yeah. think I've seen her in anything. She was in um Baywatch. She was like the, the was, oh my god the that was her of like the drug. Oh my god! Whatever. I didn't know that. I should be jailed for not knowing that. I've seen that movie like yep. 150 times. Yep. Something about the slow motion running and Dwayne Johnson and Zac Efron's pecs bouncing is just glorious. Um, <laughs> that took away from her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it did honestly. So the next trailer we got, obviously, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Watch that. We've watched all of the Marvel movies. Love Guardians of the Galaxy. Love yes. Chris Pratt. Yes. Love. This Chris is a Chris Pratt. Pratt household. We like Chris Pratt. <laughs> we, we do. I, I like Chris Pratt. I don't mind him. Um, yeah. So that one's a watch for sure. Definitely a watch. I just love the humor in those movies, and it's not. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel shoehorned in there. Like it feels like these band of merry men would definitely have these jokes. You know what I mean? Merry men. Yeah, that's what you call like a pirate crew. They're like a pirate crew essentially, right? Bounty hunters. That's what would you call them? And women. Well, yes, and and Nebula. Um, so the and next Groot. does Groot have gender? I don't know. I think he's just a tree. They are just a tree. I really don't know. The next trailer we got was "Are You There, God? It's Margaret." What's that one? 
So the girl, she's like, we must increase oh our bus. Oh, my gosh. And they're, like, doing that, what? like. We must. We must. We must increase our bus. And they're, like, doing the stretching thing. <laughs> I audibly laughed. Yeah, that I, was I watch. was, like, the other two trailers, I was, like, okay, that's kind of funny. But that actually was so out of pocket where she's, like, her mom's, like, walking out of the room. And she's, like, I need a bra. And her mom goes, <gasps> A bra? I was done. I was done at that point. I was like, "Yes, I'm in. I'm sold." It's based on a book too, which is like fucking. I feel like everybody has read that book at some point. Even I've read part of it. What book? Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. It's based on. Like I a have. Book. I've never even heard of that book. What? No. Oh, uncultured. We need to get you to read that. <laughs> um, it looks fucking phenomenal. It looks I'm excited. So funny. It looks like it's gonna be so full of heart and also laughter. It kind of feels perfect. like um, Good Boys, but the girl version. Yes, and set in like the seventies. <laughs> The last trailer that we're going to talk about, because it's the last trailer that wasn't um, one we had already seen previously, A Good Person, written and directed by my hero, Zach Braff. Oh, watch. Watch. That your tone just totally changed there. Watch. Yeah. I d- well, because I was like, which one is that? Which one is that? But then you said Zach Braff, and I was like, oh. Yeah. That's the one of Florence Pugh. And Morgan Freeman. And oh my it God. It just looks, that one's going to be a tearjerker. Yeah, I almost cried. I literally looked at you and I was like, I'm going to cry. The trailer alone actually almost made me cry. I'm not even joking. Yeah. It was so emotional. But there were parts where Morgan Freeman was like, I need to have a conversation with my granddaughter about sex. Mm-hmm. And then they flashed to the scene where Morgan Freeman's like standing outside the window and he's talking to that woman across the street and they're chasing off that boy. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I just caught him in bed with my granddaughter, Ryan. And the woman across the street's like, yeah, fuck boy, get out of here. And it's like, <laughs> I was dying laughing. That shit was so funny. But also it looks super emotional. It's going to be a heavy right. watch. It's kind of funny because each of the trailers you have a like rom-com. Yes. Then you have action comedy. Yep. Then you Superhero have like action comedy too at that. Like coming of age. Totally. Comedy. Yep. And then like a slice of life. Like drama. slice of life drama, make you cry with some comedic yeah. moments. Yeah. So it's, it's, just it's definitely like, it's definitely it, heavy comedy, and I am a comedy slut. Jesus. So hit that T. Give me all the comedy movies. I'm there for every comedy. Yeah, I think I think it was a good crop. I think it was a good crop because I mean, then we got like you know Renfield again and Evil Dead Rise, but those first four, it was such like. It was very, it was just a different audience, a different set of trailers than we got for the first one, because Knock at the Cabin had a bunch of, like, suspense, thriller, horror. Mm -hmm. This was just, like, everything that's coming out, here you go. Because, I mean, the audience that's coming to see Magic Mike is a wide variety Mm -hmm. of taste that probably isn't leaning towards horror. So then you've got, obviously, your action, comedy, romance. I mean, it was a perfect mix. And I want to watch them all, straight up. Like, I can't wait to watch every single one of those movies. It's going to be a busy month, because those all come out, like, next month. (laughs) <laughs> so it's gonna be very oh and we again we saw the trailer for Barbie Chef's Kiss I cannot wait yeah. to see that fucking movie comes out my birthday month yes my birth month we are going to go see that I cannot fucking wait that cast is <laughs> insane that cast is insane and the fact we st- I haven't seen Will Ferrell in the trailer yet and that makes me happy too right like cause he, he's in it so that's also kind of fun but the trailer game is behind us and that's going to bring us into our thoughts on Magic Mike The Last Dance <laughs> So in this section, as it sounds, we're just going to talk about our thoughts. There's no structure here. There's no positives, negatives, no characters. Um, We're just going to dive right in and talk about how this movie made us feel and our thoughts on it. And do you want to lead us in? Yeah, I'll lead us in. So I've seen both of the Magic Mike movies many, many times. And I would say that both of those don't really focus on 
plot. They more focus on just lots of stripping, lots of dancing. You're seeing lots of bumping and grinding and woohoo. Like, love it, love it, love it. I'm very eager to hear where you're going with this. But I must say, this third movie, I liked the plot. I think that it had, like, one of the more interesting plots of the movies. And there was a lot less stripping. Are you? We're agreeing right now. There was a lot less stripping. It was kind of more of like an emotional, like almost coming of age, like a little late in life. But I feel like Mike is like finding his purpose and like um, finding love. Like because in all of the movies, he has like these little tiny flings, little tiny flings that never really really comes with them. But you see like with this one, he like likes her Mm -hmm. like he like is raw with her. Mm -hmm. And so I I liked that like this movie because Mike is much older it wasn't as it was still playful but it wasn't like as like bro it wasn't a bro down it was him it was him and a woman's exclusively together we never really saw that in the other ones right and there was less dancing which i would i was initially upset about because like we go to magic mike to see like strip shows take your dick out see a strip show i want to see the abs i want to see the strip show but slap those ass cheeks man i must say the little bit not the little bit we still got like dancing and strip shows and i would say that this two like biggest scenes there's one in the beginning mm-hmm. and there's one at the end where mike is dancing mm-hmm. were chef's good yeah immaculate yeah i want to jump in and just say that i am sh- i am absolutely floored i am shocked that we are on mostly the same page here this movie is definitely the most plot heavy movie where we are focused on a very central thing like Movie one was essentially um, building up a... Like, there are so many different plots in movie one, honestly. We have Dallas moving. We have Mike trying to get his company off the floor. Adam's trying to figure out his path in life. Adam's drug issue. Mm -hmm. Brooke and Channing Tatum's relationship. It was sort of all over Mm -hmm. the place. And I don't think it worked that well because it tried to take Mm -hmm. itself way too seriously. And one, the acting was trash in the first one. I know we're not here to see good acting, Mm -hmm. good dialogue, good writing. But you still have to have that to get people interested. Mm-hmm. The second, the first movie didn't have that. The second movie, there is a plot where, hey, we're going. It's a very, it's a very solid plot. We're going to the stripper convention. Mm-hmm. But all the pit stops they make along the way, sort of, kind of make you forget that that's what they're doing because they stop so many different places and have all these like crazy like mm-hmm. strip offs. Essentially, I feel like. Then this movie, where the guys are not in it. There's no buddy buddies. I was kind of sad to not see the King of Tampa's outside of that little cameo we got. You did see you did see him. You see that they all still talk. They're all still friends. Um, they loaned him money somehow. We never really figured out how that worked, and he had to right. pay them back. But they were right. like, "Don't worry about paying us back. That's what we wanted to tell you." And well, he's like, "I'm gonna." Well, they loaned him money to to, help to front his the company. business, yeah. Right. But we never really hear them say that. Right. But yeah, so the only time we do see like the Kings of Tampa, the Kings of Tampa, like Tarzan and Tito, Tito Ken. and Ken. This might be one of my favorites. And what is it? Um, Big Dick. Oh, Big Dick Rich. Big Dick, yeah. Big Dick Richie. <laughs> so we see them on, he's FaceTiming them. And that's like the only time you see them. You mm-hmm. do see that they're trying to call him and he's kind of like. Ducking them. Ducking up, blowing them off. But then finally he does talk to them all on FaceTime. And that is the only time we see them. Yeah. But to kind of like bounce off that, I was a little upset not to see them more than the little cameo they got. It was like a three minute scene. I would have loved to see them. I love Tarzan. Kevin Nash being in these movies is fucking insane to me. Yeah. When but... we started the first one and he was like, is that. Is that Kevin Nash? Which I'm like, who the so hell? So I'm a professional. Is... No, no, no. Hold on, hold on. I was like, who the hell is Kevin Nash? I'm like, 
why is he a big deal? Why is he like drooling over him? Mm-hmm. He's a wrestler. Yes. I had I had no idea. If He's a wrestler has, from the 70s, 80s, 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, if anyone's watched Magic Mike, the first one, apparently Tarzan is a wrestler. So if you want to get your boys, your mans, to watch Magic Mike, maybe mention that Kevin Nash is in it. Or just say, you want to watch a movie with Channing Tatum and Matt McConaughey? Like, they would definitely be down. A bro would be down. You don't have to tell them what the movie is. Just start it. But I think that this movie definitely moves away from the buddy comedy aspect of it and digs a little deeper into the romance. Right. Romance um, and finding love and Where I think up. the first movie did an okay job of sort of showing Brooke and Channing Tatum having some sort of like budding connection. I don't think it was very well done. No. And it felt very like, oh, they're going to have to end up together as soon as I saw them. I was like, they're going to somehow right. make this work. And then they didn't really do anything with them until the end. In the second one, we get Zoe, and she's literally in, like, two fucking scenes, and all of a sudden, he's like, I gotta be with her. And I was like, this is mm-hmm. fucking stupid. The third one, he spends all of his time with Selma Hayek. Mm-hmm. Literally, every time he's on screen, he's basically with Selma Hayek or thinking about her character, Max. And so I think it sort of lends itself to be more of, like, you're supposed to, like, these characters are supposed to be in love, and they're actually mm-hmm. trying to show that and convey that. How well they did it, I don't know if it was done that well. Really? I think I think if you if you... I think the chemistry that Selma Hayek and Channing Tatum as people have in the interviews that I saw with them outside of the movie was off the charts. I don't think it translated very well no outside of that first scene. No outside way. of that first scene. I was literally going to say, like, I one of my thoughts was that their chemistry was awesome. Oh, I did. No, the chemistry is awesome. I didn't. Like, I loved watching them together. I think they, like, it was just fun. They, like, vibed together. They were, laugh- like, laughed together. Like, I liked the chemistry that they had. I didn't think it was like done cheaply or bad. No, I'm not saying it was all. done. I'm not saying it was done cheap. I'm just saying that I don't think most of their time arguing, most of their time like interacting with each other was dealing with the the show. And we never really dug too deep into why she's trying to do the show. And I think Mike there was bits and pieces where he was like, "You're running again. You are the queen of the first act." That touches on why she's doing this show. You know, she's trying to change her life and show, hey, I'm evolving into a different person than I was when I was married to Richard, Robert, whatever his Roger, whatever his name is. That's awesome. I would have liked to see a little bit more connection on that versus, like, we have to do this dance together. Like, we can't give up now. You know what I mean? Dig a little I, deeper and get to you know. Didn't, you didn't, I didn't get why? No, I'm saying I get why. I get why they're together. I'm saying I don't no, think Channing no, no, Tatum's no. character and her character interacted in a way that was like any deeper than like we need to do this show no you didn't get the fact that the reason she's like oh my god we need to do this i need to do this for other women is because when when magic mike gave her her first lap dance she found herself she was lost she just got divorced her husband had cheated on her she's lost she's self-conscious and magic mike gives her this dance and makes her feel like a queen again like she is like can do anything she is sexy she is powerful she's a queen and so she's like i want every woman in the world to feel like this that have like because women like maybe they're lost maybe they don't feel sexy anymore maybe, like and she's like i want to give everyone what magic mike gave me i get that what i'm saying is that i don't think they ever expanded on that feeling they never really had channing tatum and her sit down and be like why do you feel this way she was just like my divorce from Roger, I felt like I needed to be free. I mean, that was all. That's all it was. She cheated on her with their nanny. Like I feel like assistant. anyone. Assistant. assistant. <laughs> she made it very clear that he fucked the assistant, and that scene was so funny when she's like, "He fucked the assistant," and Channing Tatum looks over at uh, Selma Hayek's daughter, 
And he like nods to her, and he uh, Selma turns and looks, and she goes, "Oh, it's the truth. I'm not lying about this." Right. Oh, that was funny. I feel like any woman that gets cheated on, like it's a huge like, it's a huge fucking punch to your self confidence, and you could be like, feel like you're the most beautiful girl in the world, and feel be like never have an issue with confidence. But if a man that you've been with for many many years, you have a child together, like if they cheat on you with someone younger than you, maybe like more attractive than you you're going to lose confidence and i feel like for her when she got that dance through magic mic it kind of like reawakened like yes i may be older but i'm still capable of feeling these things i'm glad that you got that i just didn't i just didn't feel it i didn't feel that connection there i i see what you're saying i get what you're saying i 100 percent get what you're saying and i agree that there were bits and pieces of that all i'm saying is i wish that they had spent a little more time developing mike and her together because, like, if to me, every scene, it was just, like, oh, they're so focused on this dance. I want to see them sort of come together a little more, like, personally, like, figure out why she, like, dig deeper into why she feels that way and why that opened her up. All she said is, it made me feel new again. And to, and I'm glad it worked for you. It, do, it does work on a certain level. But to me, I'd have liked to see a little bit more of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. And I, I also want to talk, because you mentioned earlier, I want to go back to this point, that the sexuality, like, the sexual vibe of this movie was completely different from the other two because you said essential because you said that you said that in your opinion the movie only has like two real dances Mm -hmm. i 100% agree the movie bookends i think perfectly i think what does perfectly is it shows you that raw passion in the first scene which if you're watching that scene holy shit it's like three and a half minutes of just them straight up fucking almost and someone gets into it like yes he's doing it one channing tatum still hat fucking has it good on him he's 40 something he's 43 years old he's still moving like that looks amazing looks amazing moves with like he moves so agile it's unreal and the way he was like swinging around the the bookcase i was like how how are you able to do that and then he's holding Salma hayek with one hand remember yeah and i was just i was just blown away i thought that scene was perfect Mm -hmm. that definitely encapsulates why she's trying to like give this experience to other women i get that for sure hold on as selma halleck says in the movie he moves like water he moves like water but he says she says it in spanish so he won't know what he (laughs) says and then he's like i grew up in florida i know you said florida (laughs) like i can speak a little bit i thought that shit was funny (laughs) i will say that the last dance scene was very raw and sexual too because like i mean they get into it and speaking of the women that sat in front of us holy shit when they showed the woman's like you know, she's wearing, like, a very thin, thong-esque type underwear. And Channing Tatum picks this woman up. She's just sort of a dancer they hired. And a ballerina. You can, ballerina, yes. And he just picks her up, and she's bent over, and you can see pretty much... There's yeah. very little to the imagination there. And the women in front of us literally went, oh, my God. And I was like, you've seen cock root in this almost. Like, you've seen the base of a man's penis in this, I feel you like. you say cock on a podcast? <laughs> it feels a bit too On this much. one, you can. Um, this one's going to have a giant E next to it for explicit, that's for sure. <laughs> but uh, I feel like them being aghast at that, I almost died laughing, which made it even better. Because I was like, they're gasping at that, but not the fact that we literally saw Channing Tatum <laughs> fuck the shit out of some <laughs> They basically were doing doggy on the table. And then they kept flashing back during that dance scene where he's with, like, the swan. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the swan lake at ballerina. They flashed back to that scene at the beginning where he's, like, dry humping the shit out of her. That scene was great. But, again, people go to Magic Mike to see abs, ass, and, and jiggling. I thought this movie tried to take itself a little too seriously, in my opinion, with all the extra plot lines. 
No, uh, no. I wanted to see more dancing. I wanted to see more dancing. I, the three scenes we got, like the other backup dancers they hired, just weren't it. I didn't feel it was more breakdance style dancing than it was stripping. Yeah, but that's what they found. They found dancers, like mm-hmm. every person that they. So I don't know if if you're confused about the premise of the movie. Sorry. Um, yeah, we're not. I don't really discuss the premise of the movie um, on this podcast. But pretty much, like Magic Mike is trying to put together a show. Mm-hmm. Because Selma or Max in the movie um, wants him. She's rich and she wants him to put on this show because she wants other women to feel the way she felt. Yep. So they go to London. So they go to London, which is where Max is, like, lives. Yep. And so he's trying to put on the show. So they're finding a bunch of dancers. Um, the whole tryouts and they shit. Which is just, that was one of the better scenes in the movie. Yeah, that was a funny scene. Yeah. Loved it. Um, but they find dancers. They don't find strippers. Yes. As, I'm, as I said in our opening. Male entertainers. They found male entertainers and then Magic Mike showed him, showed them his ways mm-hmm. of being like a stripper and being seductive and doing all that. But it's like... The art of acting for asking for permission while also still maintaining like that right. sexuality that the women want on the stage. Right. So like these men that come in, which first off, the f- men from the first two movies, besides Magic Mike, those men cannot dance for shit. No, they could not dance. You watch them try and dance, and they're like, it's just awkward. The most egregious example to me is Tito in the second one, where he's like doing the candy shop thing. Yeah. I was like, this is brutal to watch because he can't dance. He's just literally gyrating. Good right. job gyrating your hips, dude. That's all you need to do. But when you have someone have who can nice dance, <laughs> when you have someone who can dance like Mike, and then later on in the second one, Twitch, dude, it just yeah. like it just overshadows right. everybody, and you're like, wow, they are really actually bad. They just have right. nice abs and an ass. That's right. it. Right. So like the first two movies, they focused on. Strippers. Like, they found yes. men with crazy bodies. Yes. And they made them strip. They made them strip. This last movie is more about the, almost like the art of being like. Yes. A male a dancer. Like, dancer. Yeah. And I actually think I mentioned that, that they, they did a good job of like, the only time they really respected. See, in the second one, I thought they did a good job of like, respecting stripping where they were like, they take it seriously. Like, the characters themselves mm-hmm. take it very seriously. This one took it a step further and was like, it is we're going to make this an art form. Like, you're going to watch this right. and not only are you going to be aroused, you're going to be moved because right. it's good dancing. I think they did a phenomenal job at that. I just right. wanted, I just wanted a little more like, boom, boom, boom. I wanted more like, <laughs> shuck it. I wanted raunchy. Yeah, I wanted raunchy, man. Like, this movie was definitely much grind. more like, seductive. Yes. It was more of a sensual. Than like, the raunchy, sexy of the first two. And I think, to kind of go off that, I 100% agree and with I you. And I think it just has, to, like, age, too. I think this is more age-appropriate for Channing Tatum. Yes, because... Or Magic Mike. Because if you think about it, and hang on with me here, because this might take a minute, but in the first one, he's in his 30s, he's not trying to settle down at all, and it's very, like, physical, heavy grinding, where picking women up, putting, like, slamming them down, and just basically going to town on them, where fucking their faces at some point you know what i mean like it's wild same with the second one he's it's one last there this is the last show they're going to the stripper mm-hmm. convention before everyone retires and it's more about like um again bumping and grinding it's like more strong like it's a passion strong dance uh-huh. this last one mike is in his 40s right. and he is a failed businessman he doesn't want to dance anymore he's made that very clear that he is done dancing and so with that, the movie evolves into more, it's less slamming and fucking and more like the art of let me seduce you, let me get you to like a passion place. 
I don't want to just take you out there, throw you over my head, and bam, 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 the dance is over. Mm-hmm. He's like, this is going to be a long, drawn-out process where we're going to start sort of ballet dancing, more interpretive dancing. They're like, uh, the final scene mm-hmm. is a very good example of that. The ra- It's raining on Channing Tatum and the, the Swan Lake dancer. And mm-hmm. they're actually like telling a story of... Uh, you know, Selma Hayek running away from him. Right, his and relationship. His relationship with her. And then it becomes sexual. But even then, it's never boom, It's never just boom, boom, boom. It's always oh. very much so, like, passionate. Artistic. And seductive and sensual. And that also goes with the fact that Mike wants to settle down. He's done doing mm-hmm. this. His wildness is gone. So it shows the evolution of the character through the dance. Right. Through his passion for stripping, we see his evolution as a man. We go right. from the very first movie where he's just like, party time. And he's just basically banging these women. Mm-hmm. To the last one where he's like, I actually just don't want to do this anymore. I'm only doing this because you're going to pay me $60,000. And then at the end, obviously, he's like, it was never about the money. It was about the art. Right. Which shows the evolution of the character being like, I'm too old to do this. My my party days, my one night stands are gone. I want to be with you. And so it sort of slows down the sexuality or it tones down the gratuitous sexuality more into like a passion. Right. And I think that it comes from his new relationship with mm-hmm. Selma High, like Max, mm-hmm. because his relationship with her is more passionate. It's more, like, sensual. It's not these immature relationships he had in the first two movies right. that are just immature. Right. And so I think she also, like, after that he does his first dance for her, she tells him, like, what you do is art. Mm-hmm. Like, it is art. Like... You make people feel things and like you just move like water. And I think that's when Mike realizes he's like, wow. He's like, I'm not just a stripper. Like, I right. am a dancer. Like, I... I'm a male entertainer. I dance. And then at the end where he's like, we're strippers. I love yeah. that shit. It was so fucking funny. <laughs> so funny. Um, but so I think that's why this movie turns into that is because he's like, man, like, I am an artist. I'm a dancer. And I'm going to put on this show and show people that, like, you can have these sexy men do dances and have it be not just like raunchy sexy like it's, yeah. it can be it can be seductive an, right. sensual asking for permission yes like passionate dances and it can make you feel things but not just because it's raunchy right and sort of the underlying plot to to because you kind of touched on it the underlying plot of this movie is women so they go to the, the the place where they have the show is called The Radigan, and it's playing this, like, love story that's, you know, like, she has to decide between... It's it's a playhouse, a theater house, and the, the story they're running for six months is this woman has to decide between the rich man who has no love and is kind of cold, or the poor man but has crazy sex and truly loves no, her. And, or truly loves yeah. her, whatever, you, but you get what I'm saying, and... Even the actress herself is like, I'm so fucking tired of having to play this character. Right. Like, I want to do something to else. That? Why do I have to choose that? Why can't I have the bad boy who doesn't answer my text right away? Why can't I have the answer. the CEO of the company who pays his women more than men? Mm-hmm. And the, the underlying plot of this story is, which I don't think they did a lot of in the first two, was um, exploring the women's side of the male stripper yeah. scene. Because in the first two, we just see it from... Mike and his crew's perspective. Uh-huh. This one tackles it with Mike through the eyes of a woman because Selma Hayek the desires and the other woman, I can't remember her name for the life of me, I feel so bad, but the, the MC that they end up hiring, mm-hmm. um, how they view stripping. And they sort of shape the show because remember, Mike is like, got her, the they're doing like a practice dance uh-huh. to kind of like show the, the other hired dancers how to do it. 
and the woman is sitting in the chair and he's like grinding on her and doing all this stuff and then Selma Hayek comes up and she's like look at all this space you have why are you putting her in this chair keeping her here look at all the space you can use you're on one of the oldest stages in London Mm -hmm. and you're gonna only use the chair and he's like well what do you have in mind and that's why when you see this the final dance scene it is so like and I know this is magic Mike we're putting like a little bit more of a fucking meaning on this than it needs but, but I think it had more of I, meaning. But I think that the 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 scene at the end where he is using the entire stage, he's using props, it's pouring rain. Mm-hmm. He has knee guards on so he can slide for Christ's sake. Like this is an all out performance. He's dancing, is, he's not just stripping. He's not just stripping, he's dancing, exactly. He's doing that because that's what she said. He wants to show that women this is from the eyes of a woman, but with the power like, the privilege that a man has. He's using the entire stage. He should be using the entire stage. The woman is saying, why are you putting her in the chair? You have all of this power that you can use. Why are you forcing her to sit in this chair? Mm-hmm. And that's where we get the last dancing where he's all over the fucking stage. Yeah. It was just real. I thought that part of it, sort of putting a little deeper meaning on it, just made the movie a little bit better than I think the first one. But I don't know if it was as good as the second one. Really? Yes. I think it's my favorite. I think, the reason I think the second one's better is because I truly don't think that movie takes itself seriously at all, and I love that. <laughs> I love that it was yeah. just sort of a comedy. But I really, I liked Selma Hayek in this one. Selma Hayek. Selma Hayek in this one. I just thought that it made, like, the girl, the girls in the first two are like, eh, whatever. They're not even a focus. No. Which is weird, because then they're like, well, Mike's going to end up with them. It's like, okay, then why don't we spend more than six seconds with them? Right. And why are we always with Mike when we're with them? We never right. see them off on their own. Right. And so I liked... This one had more of a story, more of a love story. And I, I'm a sucker for a love story. Mm. I liked this one the most. I liked the story. I liked the idea. I liked that it actually had a good story. Right. It made sense. Right. And I, it, it, was, it was really good. I also think that... Um, one thing I sort of picked up on that I kind of liked was the fact that Selma Hayek is the main character, essentially in the play that she was running, where she has to pick between the man who has yeah. a bunch of money and the guy who has no money. And the reason I say that is because she is divorcing her ex, her husband, I guess, uh-huh. because he had sex with the assistant. He cheated, uh-huh. so she's stepping out. Fair enough. Um, and in that, she is putting on the strip show to kind of show every woman that, hey, this is what's out there. Uh-huh. I want you to feel what I feel. But in his prenup clause with Selma Hayek, when they got divorced and when they got married, said, you can never do anything to bring the credibility of our family name down. Mm -hmm. So when she inherited the, um, when she got the Radigan in the divorce, Mm -hmm. that still applied. So she still has to morally uphold the family name because their name, Radigan, is on the fucking building. Mm -hmm. So then she has to decide when he tells her, hey, look, my mom's going to come for you for every fucking red cent that you have. And you're going to lose everything because of the prenup if you put the show on. So she has to decide between still being under the thumb of the man that she truly doesn't even want to be with anymore. She doesn't love him. She doesn't want to be with him. And she's still under his thumb. She still can't get out from underneath his control. Along comes Magic Mike. Along comes Channing Tatum, who's like, listen, we're doing this. But he doesn't know that part of it. He doesn't know that she's going to lose the money Mm -hmm. and the divorce. And he's like, we're going to do this because it was your vision. It was our vision to put this on. We need to put this out there. And when he does, she loses all her money. But then she goes, I don't even care. Right. She's like, I just want to be with you and, like, have fun. And I think that is the point that the play was trying to do that the movie ultimately ended up doing. Yes, she ends up choosing the, the poorer man. But, right. But, she's, but she made that – she she was like, you showed me that that is what I actually want. And uh-huh. I can have that life. I don't need to have the money. I don't need to be under anyone's thumb. I want to be with you by choice. Mm-hmm. But I also still want to have my freedom. 
Yeah. I like that a lot. Also, real quick, did you like the narration? I thought it was fucking weird. I don't think it added anything. It to did. It, it distracted so they had, me. They had Max's daughter. Z- Zadie? Zadie. Zadie. Like, kind of narrating parts of the movie. And it, it starts was, with that But I think it's narration. because Jeez. in the movie, Zadie is writing a novel. Yes. And she tells Mike, she's like, I'm writing a, no- writing a novel. And he's like, you have to write novels in school yeah. over here? So that's kind of funny. But I think, like, because she, she was writing a novel, she kind of took, like, this story with her mom and decided, like, I'm going to write, I'm I'm gonna gonna write, write this. Story. It's about two people who meet and do things. That's what she tells Mike <laughs> it's about, which is fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. But the narration kind of tells you that she's writing the story, essentially, of Mike and, and her mom. Mike and Max. Mike and Max. Yes, Mike <laughs> and Max. Eminem. But... I thought it was so weird. I it didn't was a like weird. it. I didn't like it at all. Like it the just... daughter's telling her mom's like sex story. <laughs> of her coming of age sex story. Like I don't know, it just felt very bizarre. Yeah. I will admit though, the scene where she's at the strip show, I was going to say, Why the fuck is this fifteen year old girl at a strip show? Mm-hmm. And then uh Selma Hyatt goes, Mike said to take her out before Pony came on. Get her out of here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I fucking died. But I do I actually hadn't really like thought about it like that. Like the story that they're putting on at the rat again when Selma Hayek, oh, Selma yeah. Hayek ch- decides to change it to Mike's show is the story of her life. Like, yes. she's literally choosing being rich with no love or being poor and having all the things Mike makes her feel. Yes. And having love. Yes. I didn't realize that. So it's also a really cool concept. Yeah, because it just sort of shows you the... the... It sort of shows you that she, Selma Hayek, doesn't even really know... Like, that's what's happening to her life right. until it happens. And she's like, you know what? Fuck the money. Mm-hmm. I want to be with I you. I like, free. Like, it's, that's ultimately what the story's about. And it doesn't hit you over the head with it. You know what I mean? I kind of yeah. like that. But we haven't talked about um, her, Max's, like, butler. Victor. I was Victor. just about to bring Victor up. He's my favorite character, hands down. Yeah, we haven't talked about him at all, but he adds so much humor to this movie. He's probably the best part. He's, he's what so keeps funny. the story honestly interesting for me because he's I don't even like. I know if you call him a butler. Like he's pretty much. He's, like, a, she's like, her, he's the personal assistant to Miss Radigan, and then yeah. she's like, "My name's not Miss Radigan; it's so and so." But he keeps saying, "I'm the personal assistant to Miss Radigan for 18 years." Mm-hmm. And the best scene is when Channing, she's fucking crazy mean in this movie. At points, she gets so angry where she's like, "I can't fucking talk to you right now. I gotta fucking leave." And she leaves. So Victor comes in. And uh, he comes into the room and he's like, Channing Tatum says, why do you work for her? And he goes, well, she has bigger balls than Mr. Radigan. And I died (laughs) laughing because um, then she comes flying back in the room and she's like, and another thing, motherfucker. And he's like, rest my case. And he walks out. He's just so fucking funny. And when she leaves the room, he like yells at me. She's like. You're so nosy. Like you're you're sitting there with your tray. Because there's a scene where. He's outside the. You're talking about the scene where he's outside the room, and he's yeah. like, well, "It seems like he's on a personal call." And she's like, "When has it ever stopped you?" And he just like barges. <laughs> she barges into the room. Yeah. Victor to me was was such an important character because Channing Tatum is the only real source of like comedy I think in this movie, and it's really not that he's even re- that funny. It's that his character is just kind of dumb, Mike and is he's just, just funny. like, yeah, I mean, he's funny, but like his character is just kind of like an airhead. So he asks questions that are kind of funny and says things that are kind of funny, whereas Victor's like. His sole intent is to just be funny. And it yeah. works so fucking well. And then when they're at the final show with the daughter, <laughs> he keeps he's the one, like, covering her eyes. <laughs> he, keeps, he keeps reaching over, like, putting his <laughs> hand over her face. Was, I loved that scene. He was funny. Loved that scene. Did you have, like, a very... Did you have a specific scene that you liked the most? 
Yeah. Is it the first scene? Well, I don't know. They're tied. The, his first dance and his last dance. <laughs> I must say, if there's any, like, if I can give you one reason to go see this movie, I know I said there was less dancing, but that first dance. Those two dances are wild. And that last dance, they're just, they're incredible. They equal, those two dances alone equal all of the sexuality put in the first two movies. They yes. go hard. They, they go, go hard. hard. And they're like, beautiful. Especially the last one. The, the last, last one's, one the last one's, is The last beautiful. one is beautiful because, in my opinion, the first dance sort of shows Mike in Magic Mike 1 and 2. Where he's like, this is a job. I need to put on a show for her. Uh-huh. Give her everything she she's paying me for. Because she offers him like six grand to do the six dance. Grand. Which he doesn't take anyway. He's just like, yeah. I'll just do the dance. The last dance shows Magic Mike now. The end of his career. He's learned the art of dancing. The yeah. art of what makes dancing beautiful. He's no longer just bumping and grinding. He's out yeah. there like showing emotion and feeling through moving his arms and like the way he spins in the circle and when he drops to his knee is like it's all and super emotional and it shows more it shows the evolution of his understanding of dance yeah and i just think like the rain like it's raining during this last dance in the in the building mind you mm-hmm. and it's just like the water and like the splashing of the water because he moves like water he moves like know? water oh, yeah. but it's just oh, he does it is so beautiful and so artistic and also so freaking sexy mm-hmm no, it was. It was it very was so sexy. sexy. <laughs> Channing Tatum still has it. Like he looks great. He looks still looks great. He's, still moves like he butter. He is literally a daddy. Okay. <laughs> is that because he's a dad? I he's don't in know. real life. Yeah, no in real shit. life, he has okay. a daughter. Yeah. That's funny. Um, one. And one... he's like super cute with her, like dresses up and all that with his daughter. Oh, I would hope so. I would hope any dad <laughs> would do that. One last thing I want to talk about that kind of was a gripe for me was they built up these. They built up the need to have these other dancers mm-hmm. and made it seem like it was going to be so important. And obviously it was because you can't have the show without those dancers. You need them. But when they flew the guy in from Italy, they fly a guy in. He didn't even do his from dance. From Rome. And he doesn't even do the dance that they were practicing. They don't even show it. Yeah. He's just sort of like on the center of the stage during that one very specific pony dance, I feel like. When they're right. all like in the suits or whatever. I felt so let down during yeah. those dance scenes when they finally are like, Okay, we have all these characters, and then we move to the final scene where they're like, they're all gonna do their dances. Yeah. And I was like, one, I have no connection to these characters whatsoever. We don't even know their names; they're just there. Name one of them. You can't. And that's such wasted potential because I feel like they could have built those characters and used them to sort of like, I don't know, make the world seem deeper than just Selma Hayek and Channing Tatum. Mm-hmm. But I felt cheapened because we didn't see them really do any dance, and even their like stripping dances weren't that sexual they were like yeah. i'm gonna take my shirt off and then i'm gonna do the worm and then i'm gonna break dance for i'm gonna break dance and then i'm gonna finish this by standing on my head and you're like super athletic super impressive i'm not turned on my guy why aren't you grabbing someone and fucking their face dude like, well yeah like, and I, went, I, I was definitely let down because they made a big deal about like flying this this Huge. guy they went to go Italy. meet him at the airport and they're like we're gonna get you set up like, we like, need actual dancers and this guy was a beautiful dancer like very like a contemporary, like, mm-hmm. like, Influ- uh, interpretive dancer. Like, yes, like he was just a beautiful dancer, and like they showed him dancing a few times, like they had like this dance, cho- literally choreographed that they showed multiple like, times. in rehearsals. Yes. But in the final show, he didn't get to do his dance, and it's just like he's not even a focal point, right? And it's like the only dance he does is one of those chair. He does a chair dance. Yep, he's one of the three men they bring up and, and, and everything. Like, but I thought you wanted this to be. Like, you wanted dancers, but you're not even showing off 
the dancer that you right. have that's not hip hop. Like he's right. like a beautiful dancer, but you're yes. making him do hip hop dancers and strip dancing instead of having him do what Mike does yeah. at the end. He could have done something like that. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. And I was like, he's... why did you build him up and then not actually right? Do he's that. the only dancer too that wasn't like on the street that they ran into yeah. like hip hop dancing. You know what I mean? Like nothing wrong with that. It's beautiful and it has a great uh, there's a great athleticism attached to that, but it's not like sexy. Right. And I don't even really think that interpretive dance is sexy at all, but right. the way they built him up to be this, like, godsend, like, we need to bring him in, they right. flew him in, and then you never see him again until, like, those fucking few scenes where he's like, we're gonna sh- he's gonna show you his dance, yeah. and then it's over, and you're like, cool, is he gonna even have a line here? No, we're just gonna move on from that? Okay. <laughs> and then at the end, he doesn't even get the solo dance. Some fucking no. guy does. Some One of the hip-hop dancers gets the solo dance. Yeah. You built this guy up like he was going to be the next Magic Mike, and then you just throw him away, and you're like, well, right. we'll use him at the end when he's got to grind on Edna. Speaking of Edna, we have to talk about her just like we did with Victor. <laughs> Edna is the... She works on the town council, basically, um, and approves or disproves the modification of stage arenas. Yes. And they had built a new stage inside of the theater, mm-hmm. and it was slightly over height. They had to reapply. So they had to tear it down and build it back up, but they weren't going to do that. So what do they do? They spy on the head woman, whose name is Edna, and then they ultimately find um, they they, they find her on the her bus. Routine, they figure yeah. out her routine and they find her on the bus and they give her this huge performance. And then the ballet dancer we were talking about, the guy ballet dancer that they flew in from Rome, whose name mm-hmm. we still don't even know, is dressed as like a bird, like a swan, mm-hmm. and he's doing this like magical dance for her. And she's like all smiles, and then you see Loves her go it. to her. You see, Loves it. you see her go to her desk, and she slaps down the approved stamp on their request. I thought mm-hmm. it was so fucking funny. But then she has to come in and tell them that this is bigger than me. I'm being told by like the mayor or whatever that this can't go through. Like you guys have mm-hmm. to take it down. Ultimately, leading to them doing the it's show the anyway. It's the, like, it's, yeah, it's... it's bigger than me. It's the law. I can't go against the law. But she shows up and she walks in. She goes, "I am so sorry, you beautiful, magnificent creatures." But we, I <laughs> lost it. To me, that's why I think those those dancers needed to have names and personalities because those mm-hmm. side characters just heighten everything. Mm-hmm. Victor heightened it. Z- Zadie or Zaddy, whatever her fucking name Zadie. is. Zadie. <laughs> don't call her Zaddy. <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> Zadie is like somewhat interesting because she, she's at least like a different viewpoint. And Edna's hilarious. But again, those background dancers did nothing. So like it would have been nice to have them. But Edna, in the end, is one of the people receiving the, the three lap dances. And it's so fucking funny the freaking smile on her face her, like she she's actually like, like like as an actress and a human being not even a character i think cute. she was just loving the fact that she was getting this <laughs> dance and i was just like this is this is perfect like I, you could end the movie here I'd be yeah happy, because I edna got her fucking lap dance and I, that's all she wanted i literally looked over to kyle as she's getting a lap dance and i was like she is so cute <laughs> <laughs> and she and is like a, it was adorable like a 50 year old woman but oh, yeah. like just like this like she you can With, tell like, a she looks cut. like a very boring like very like plain mm-hmm. life like plain jane and so i feel like these dancers do exactly what max mm-hmm. wanted them yes. to do and they make her feel her alive and make her feel like sexy and like just the smile that it, like she gets and like in the when you're first seeing her like she doesn't smile at all like no. it's just like she's it looks like a very stern lady yes and they even say at one point she is the heart of uh of a rock yeah because she cancels swan lake which is everyone's like favorite and longest running performance in the yeah. area 
but she just is like a very stern lady and then the dancing does exactly what loosens her right point up was, and it loosens her up and she turns into like the cutest little yeah. freaking lady and she's like she's got glasses like these little mm-hmm. tiny glasses she and she's got a bob cut <laughs> she reminds me of like edna, edna from, from, from the incredibles, incredibles. <laughs> yes i didn't know so i'm gonna be 100 percent honest with you i didn't know that was her name i thought you were saying edna because of the the incredibles <laughs> so that's why i said it i didn't know that was her actual name it's her name <laughs> no fucking way that's great <laughs> Is there anything else you want to say before we move into the ratings and our MVPs of the movie? No. Okay, so yeah, uh, I think our thoughts are complete, so let's go ahead and move into the ratings and MVPs. So in this section, we're going to wrap up our thoughts give out our scores for the movie on a scale of five and then who we think was the MVP, the magnet of the movie, the person we want to see more of, the person who stole the show. So do you want to go first? Sure. Ladies first. I'm I'm a gentleman over here. I'm Magic Mike, <laughs> basically. You're going first. So I'm going to give the movie three out of five. Three out of five. <laughs> three out of five strippers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> three out of five strippers. Awesome. Male entertainers. Male ent- <laughs> male ent- artists. Yeah, artists. I do love that he keeps saying that throughout the movie. He's like, male entertainer, male entertainer. And then at the end, he's like, we're strippers. And they like do the <laughs> high five. It's all, it's so fucking funny. Yeah. But no, three out of five, it was a solid movie. I fully enjoyed it. I don't really think you can give a Magic Mike movie more than three stars. Mm-hmm. It's a good movie, but it's not like a great movie. Mm-hmm. But three's it was like, really good. Three's like the max you'd be willing to give a Magic Mike movie. Right. Yeah. Right. It was a really good movie. I highly recommend going to see it just to see the first and the last scene. Like, oh, yeah. Sleep until the end. Oh, like, set my a timer. God. Like, delicious. <laughs> but as far as, like, the MVP, I mean, it has to go to Mike. You think so, Mike Lang? It Michael Jeffrey Lang. The movie is called Magic Mike. The only reason you're feeling anything in that movie is because of Magic Mike. Mm-hmm. Like, he is the point of the movie. And I must say, he is as beautiful and as sexy as ever. Like, he just, the way Channing Tatum carries himself in these movies is just like every girl's freaking wet dream. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I agree. And at He's the my end, with the rain, it's just real wet dream. Mm-hmm. Him and Ryan Reynolds, if they did a movie like this together, it'd be game over for everybody. But yeah, I don't, th- I don't think you can really give an MVP to anyone but Magic Mike and the Magic Mike movies. There mm-hmm. would not be Magic Mike if it wasn't for, for Dallas. Oh, Magic, for Magic Mike. Mike. You're right. Yeah, you're right. Dallas didn't make his career Michael or anything. Michael Jeffrey Lang. <laughs> He's like, Michael Jeffrey Lang. He's like, that's not my name. Stop saying that. He's like, it's just Mike. It's just Mike. <laughs> <laughs> um... I'm going to echo your rating. I'm going to give this three out of five strippers. I think this is just, if you just shut your brain off, don't analyze this movie at all and just go in there and you're like, you're just going to watch people dance on each other. Have a fun time. I think the things that this movie does well kind of lend itself to the second movie. It doesn't take itself too seriously at points. Yes, there's drama and it can feel a little melodramatic because, hey, dude, you're just supposed to take your shirt off and flex your abs for us. And again, like you said, that's kind of the point. That's why you're going to see this. So like you can't really knock it down for the bad acting and the melodrama like this is a movie about a dude shaking his junk that's fine (laughs) three is the cap for these movies i do think that maybe you and i especially me put a little deeper meaning on this than is actually intended i'm not sure the people who wrote this were like we need to have the play match her life i think they 
did. And we need to have like the first dance be the equivalent of Mike beforehand, and the second and the last dance that he does be Mike now. I'm not sure if that was actually intended. If it was, kudos. But still, I think three stars is fine. I think the MVP of this, I'm going to have to disagree. I don't think it's Mike. I think there's two MVPs in this movie, and it's Victor and Edna. They <laughs> make not this, in it they enough make to this be movie. MVPs. No. Victor is in like 45 they're minutes not, of this movie. They're not in it enough to be MVPs. I highly disagree. Okay, that's fine. It's my, my MVPs, not yours. And <laughs> I think this movie would just be a lot less funny if those characters are not in it. Channing Tatum is phenomenal. I loved seeing him dance. Even I was like getting a tickle. I was like, hey man, what's going on here? Uh, and some Hayek's part in that was, she was throwing it back too. She wasn't just letting him yeah. steal all the glory. She was getting into it. I love that. <laughs> but all that said, I, I still think that like you take Victor away and just have him be like an assistant. You lose so much of the comedy. And honestly the heart, because Victor goes in and he helps Channing Tatum tell it, tie his tie. And then he like, it's like, do you look ridiculous in this? Let's try something else. Yeah. I think just like, his you, connection. They'll, laugh, they'll just laugh at you every yeah, time. I think his connection to not only Channing Tatum, but to Selma Hayek and Zadie is one that really heightens the movie. And Edna, honestly, because you get to see Selma Hayek's plan come to fruition. True. You get to see the character whose heart is stone melt right before your True. eyes. So I think that those characters are two very important characters. I'm not downplaying Channing Tatum's role in this because you don't have Magic Mike without Channing Tatum. Absolutely. I just think they just heighten this movie so much. So, I'm curi- three out of five, Edna yeah. and Victor. Three out of five with Channing Tatum as our MVP. Magic Mike. The Magic Mike, of course. Mike Lang. Just out of curiosity, you gave this three out of five strippers. Three out of five strippers, yeah. What would you give movie one and two? So, I am going to do this on the podcast at some point. So, we'll do that too. But I am going to tell you right now that the first one is two to two and a half. I'd say two and a half, probably. It takes itself way too fucking seriously. The acting is trash. The dialogue <laughs> is trash. The writing is trash. The camera work isn't great. But I think there's a nugget of a story in there that's worth being told if they lighten the comedy. That's why I think number two is so much better than the first one. I give that three stars, too. Mm-hmm. Because it's so funny. It's just, like, bro comedy. <laughs> and Ken is hilarious with his, like... You know, even in this one, he's funny, too, because in this one scene, he's like, I can see it in your moon. You're in a once in a 33-year Jupiter cycle. And everyone's like, shut up, dude. What? Like, I think that it just doesn't take itself too seriously. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think this is on par with that, because there are so many moments in this where this movie is just like, yeah, this is about strippers, dude. Don't forget that. This isn't about a drug addict. This isn't about a dude becoming a drug addict. This isn't about people lost and trying to find their way. It's a movie about a stripper teaching people how to strip. I'm okay with that. <laughs> So yeah, two and a half for the first, for the set for the first one. It gets two and a half because honestly, Channing Tatum is just chef's kiss in that. And Joe Mont Mont Mongelio, whatever what's his fucking name? I can never say his last name. The guy married to Sophie Vigaria. His abs are unreal in that first movie. So two and a half just for his abs alone. <laughs> um, this one gets a bonus point. Also, I would have given this a two and a half if they didn't say Magic Mike's last dance in the movie. This gets a three because Selma Hayek says, "Think Magic Mike's last dance." I was like, I'm done. I, you win. Like, you yeah, take all my money. She, she says, says it, and like, I was like... She's like, oh, so I guess I can say that I I, I got Magic Mike's last dance. <laughs> I loved that. I fucking loved that. I leaned over to Cass, and I was like, yeah, there it is. It wins. <laughs> Movies that say their own name definitely, definitely win in my book. And I do love they continue. They do the pony song. Yes. And every single movie. And I was hoping, I was praying, I was praying, praying that they were going to continue in the third one, because... Pony is just such a freaking... Like, you think of Pony, you think of Magic Mike. You think of Magic Mike, you think of Pony. Like, they go hand in hand. They go hand in hand. And they did... Pony was in... Yeah. 
the third movie. Yes. So that's all that matters. Pony, King of Tampa, <laughs> King of Tampa cameo, which was fun. There you have it, guys. That's that's pretty much it. Those are our thoughts on Magic Mike's Last Dance. Uh, definitely go check it out if you are so inclined. It's it's a fun movie. I would see like I don't see why people wouldn't want to go watch this. It's just a good yeah. dumb movie that you can just go out, laugh and be turned on by. Like <laughs> she cast went into the bathroom and what happened after? Oh my god! I went into the bathroom after the movie, <laughs> and in walks a girl, talking in a, a loud voice to her friend with a bunch of other women in the bathroom, and she goes, "I'm gonna have to ravage my husband when I get home." <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome just like, she, I was like oh my god oh my, oh my god like, did she just say that for everyone you're to gonna hear? wait till you get home <laughs> <laughs> anyway there you have it folks um, follow me on Instagram at thatboykyle777 or with a side of franchise Twitter justkyle77 and letterboxd at thatboykyle777 TikTok at kyleclifford1 make sure you like the video or like the Make sure you like the podcast. Make sure you rate the podcast wherever you're listening. Share it with your dog. Share it with your grandmother. Share it with your aunts, uncles, parents. I'm sure they'd love to listen to me and my girlfriend talk about Magic Mike. So (laughs) thank you for taking the time for listening. And we'll see you guys next week.